What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turf Talk. As you guys know, this show is presented by DSM Media. You can find us on Twitter at DSM underscore media. You can find us on every other network. Make sure, make sure if you are following us on Twitter, hit that link tree. You're going to find our merch. You're going to find our YouTube page. You're going to find our Instagram page, Facebook, TikTok, etc. We're on every single network. We're on every single platform. Make sure you're subscribed and following us uh, so you can keep up with the giveaways, everything that we're doing over here at DSM Media. As you guys know, Turf Talk is brought to you with your hosts. I am Scotty. You can find me on Twitter at Scotty Drown. My co-host here, Dylan, at DylanJD98 on Twitter. Be sure to give us a follow if you like what we're doing here. Um, tonight, what we're going to get into, quick Cowboys-Eagles recap. Um, we'll get into a quick week one recap. Uh, week three. Week three. Week, excuse me. <laughs> my goodness. Week three recap. We are three weeks into the NFL already, and it is blowing by. Um, and then, of course, we'll get into the Bengals and Jags and a few other things tonight. My buddy Dylan here has a special ad read for us right now from a partner. Yes, sir. Like Scotty said, Turf Talk, as always, is brought to you through DSM Media. And DSM Media is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with our promo code DSM at Manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DSM at manscaped.com. Again, that is 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com using our promo code DSM. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And Scott, as I said earlier in the week, if your guys' balls feel like they were kicked up into your stomach after watching that Eagles massacre on Monday night, hit up our code at manscaped.com, code DSM, and give them a nice clean shave when they drop back down and you feel a little bit better. Because I'm still yeah. recovering. Nuts, man. Nuts. Something Nuts. that the bird did not have on Monday night when they stepped into Dallas in the AT&T Stadium. Um, as I said earlier, we are going to dive straight into that Eagles-Cowboys game. We're going to get really quick with it. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Are it was we, a miserable are experience. <laughs> Are we? Because I'm pissed off, Scott. I'm still pissed off. (laughs) It it hasn't set in. It hasn't settled down yet. No. Have you moved? Let me ask you this. Have you moved on to KC yet, or are you still kind of dwelling in that in Dallas, in the AT&T Stadium? Okay. I'm not still still in AT&T Stadium, but I don't think I'm mentally prepared for KC yet in terms of not – getting over Dallas, but for the fact that, oh my God, 
Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes are one and two, and now we get them, and it's like, oh boy, things are really about to go south. But <laughs> I digress, and then we will recap and react to Monday night's uh, beatdown as, as best as we can for you guys. I know I talked about, about it earlier in the week, so I'm kind of just going to get it off my chest what I feel like again. But, Scotty, this is his first time really getting a <laughs> chance to let it all out, let that anger and disappointment out. So you can start us off, my man. Yeah, so the first thing I want to start out with, I I was a little bit I, I'm I didn't I didn't go too far over the top on Monday, but I was a little overreactive um just with a few things that I said. Obviously, I, I know we gotta give Jalen Hurts time. We gotta give him this season. We gotta give Nick Sirianni this season, right? Um he'll probably get longer than that, I, I would hope, or something is going drastically <laughs> wrong. Um, but we, we gotta give these time these guys time to build chemistry, get this stuff together. Um, but going into Dallas, you know, week three, I, my emotions are involved. Part of me did feel like we could go into Dallas and beat them. Foolery, foolery on me, right? Like, I, that was foolish of me, I guess. Um, but either way, when you you go into a game like that against Dallas in the NFC East, an NFC East rival, I do not expect us to get our doors blown off, for one. But the way it happened, right, the, the lack of discipline, the lack of – preparation for a huge game like that like it didn't make much sense to me I know we'll we'll get into it here um but just a few take takeaways Nick Sirianni man what is going on and and this is you know I'm going to bring up something here that maybe we wait until Sunday to talk about it when we preview the the Kansas City game but there is no way you go into a game and only run the run the ball two times three times total with your running backs two times with the best offensive skill player on the team in Miles Sanders. And part of me, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, as I've started you know, digressing from Monday and really thinking about it, it, it does. It feels like it's coming straight from Jeff Lurie. It, it feels like it's coming straight down the chain. And that's that's something we'll get into later. That's you know a bit of a conspiracy theory almost. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't see the trends. I know Nick Sirianni didn't call the – complete offense in Indy. You know, I, I know he wasn't making all the play calls there with Frank Reich, but they ran the ball steadily. And they it really benefited Phillip Rivers, obviously, who was an older quarterback. And they just, they're not doing it here. And, and I'm not understanding. I'm not comprehending. Um, what were your your thoughts on, uh, I, I can guess them, but, you know, share what you, how you felt about the game plan in total. I think he panicked. Now that a couple of days have gone by and I thought about it, I think they got down early. Um, he was scratching and clawing to find a way to push the ball down the field. Um, now that's no excuse, uh, but I do think that he panicked. My main issue with the game plan as of right now is a, a like you said, it's I know I didn't think it had ever been done in NFL history to run the ball three times. To, like you said, Miles Sanders is probably the Eagles, you know, not probably, he is the Eagles' best skill position player. The Eagles had the second best run blocking offensive line. They were second in the NFC in the rushing attack after week two and number one and number two, I'm sorry, the best in the NFC after week two and number two in the entire NFL with their rushing attack going into week three. And you just completely abandoned it. And then your response after is that you guys count your RPOs 
as run plays. Now, Nick, you need to you need to make that make sense. You've done a good job of explaining football so far in your in your pressers. You need to explain that one a little bit more. Here's my issue, my takeaway from the game plan. I got a lot to say, Scott. So that's why when I said quick, eh, we'll try as quickly as we can. But my issue with the game plan is what if he doesn't have a plan B and a plan C? What uh, Week one, plan A worked. He didn't have to go off script. He didn't have to, you know, plan A's not there. Let me go to plan B. Game two against the 49ers. Really a lack of adjustments, right? He just kept trying to throw the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field, even when Hurts was struggling and it wasn't there. Week three, well, we know what just happened. So what? my biggest fear, and I'm not saying it's the case, but my biggest fear right now is that he's got a plan A and he doesn't have a plan B, C, or D. So when you hear him after games, when something's not working, when you hear him give all the credit due to the defense, San Fran did a really good job of taking this away. Dallas did a really good job of taking this away. San Fran really took the middle of the field away. No, no that's bullshit. Yeah, because you—that's you, your job to find a way to make things work. So my fear on the game plan is if Plan A is not there, I don't know if he's got a backup or two to adapt and adjust in game. Yeah, and uh, you know, to to your very good point there, you saw during that second half, eventually the play sheet was in the offensive coordinator Shane Steichen's hands, and it did appear that he was calling plays in that second half. That's speculation. I don't know if that was actually confirmed or not. But um, what what I'm looking at, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, And the thing about RPOs, they don't work if you don't run the damn ball. They just simply don't work. (laughs) That's what I said earlier. To a running back, if you haven't handed it off to him the entire game, you can't run play action. You can't get uh, Jalen Hurts out of the pocket. That's one thing the Cowboys did. They they contained Jalen Hurts in the running game as well which nobody has been able to do this season. Scott, the running game opens up everything. Now, I'm not not one of those guys suggesting that if they ran the ball, they simply would have won. Or if you run the ball X amount of times, you're, you find success. I'm not saying that. You know what the running game does do? It opens up those RPOs, as you, as you suggested. What's the point of an RPO if they know every single time it's not going into Miles Sanders' chest, right? It keeps your defense off the field a little bit. It, they're they're not going right back on the field yeah. after they get their ass kicked from the opening drive. Um, it you know when you got first time starters of Landon Dickerson and Andre Dillard in the game, uh, maybe don't have them drop back in pass protection over and over and over again. Instead, do what this offensive line does best, and, and you know get your hand in the ground, get your foot in the ground, and go north south and run block. It, it opens up the play action for Jalen Hurts. It it opens up everything. Everything. And you completely ignored it. Dude, Doug Peterson found ways to run the ball more. The, the Dallas Cowboys week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Legitimately, their game plan was to not run the ball against Tampa. And they ran the ball more than Nick Sirianni did on Sunday, on Monday night. Like, you have to try, Scott. To only run the ball three times, and it's it, it's mind boggling to me. That's the only that's just keeps coming up, mind blowing, mind boggling. Just 
that, 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 that he thought that was a good yeah. idea. It's completely mind boggling. And, you know, the other side of it is that while you're watching Dallas go on the field on offense and they're running the ball down our damn throat. So Scott. you're watching it happen on the other end, and you're still not adjusting. Jalen Hurts had a very shaky first half, and you come out and you throw the ball three times in a row, and you the throw second drive, Scott, the second damn drive. The kid comes out, underthrows a deep ball on the opening possession when you're already down seven nothing. He underthrows it; it's a pick. You score. Your defense allows. I, I'm pretty sure, or no? Then your defense gets a stop. Yeah. On your own one yard line, your ass. <laughs> and you come out, and I'm almost positive. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did run it three to the first play. I don't think he did though. I'm pretty sure after the defense got the stop on the on the goal line on fourth down, he dropped Jalen Hurts back there all three times that entire possession. So you thought after your young quarterback in a in a high intensity game who threw an interception on the first possession, you thought it was a good idea on inside his own five to drop him back three times in a row and not defer to Miles Sanders once. Like, you, you're this you're this football mind, right, Nick? You're the football guy here. Why is it that we see it and you can't? Yeah, that, that's what I'm, oh, first play was a five-yard, yep. Um, here's the other thing, Scott. I said this the other day. Talking about the game plan and just overall defense too. Me and you aren't analysts. We're not football aficionados. We come on here, we give our thoughts, right? We, we, you know, we know football pretty well, but we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. When you and I, or when I and Gint on Faithful Fanatics, give our keys to victory for the Eagles, you know, what would they need to do to be successful to win a game? And the Eagles do the polar opposite of almost every single key to the game we give, and it results in a blowout loss, that's my issue, right? When we say slow down the run, no, you got gashed for eight or nine yards every single carry. Run miles run is something I said on Monday night. He got two carries. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. You showed up unprepared and turned the ball over. Win the turnover battle. Oh, you lost the turnover battle. Every single thing we pointed out that might be a good idea to do they did the opposite. And don't so that's forget, the mind-numbing part to me. <laughs> don't forget the seven illegal men downfield <laughs> penalties. But that's coaching as well, penalties. I mean, they're that's leading the NFL well. in penalties. <laughs> it, it, because what happens is it, it was even pointed out on the broadcast. In those RPO type of, type of draw-ups, if he keeps it to throw it, it's got to be like that because the offensive linemen are run blocking. They're already a couple yards down the yeah. field. So when he holds on to the ball and stretches plays out, like you saw with the Quez Watkins like wheel route kind of, it's going to be an illegal man downfield every time. That's coaching. Know your personnel. Know your young quarterback. Get, drill that in his mind. But he hasn't yet. <laughs> Yeah. And we got and we and we got some comments coming in on Twitter. I, I just want to let the Twitter, yeah. you know, if you guys are watching us on Twitter, haven't watched us in a while, the comments from Twitter are not shown on StreamYard here. Yeah. So I am trying to keep up with them on the side here. Um, but Gent hits it down here. 13 penalties, 12 first. You had more penalties than first downs. Um, and then my boy Darius in the comments on Twitter, 35 penalties in three weeks. 
Scott, they are they are on pace to break the record. How do you win? Record. How do you win like that? They are on pace to break the record by like fifty or more penalties, dude, in a year. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's my point when it comes to Sirianni and this. Not just the game plan, right? This is what I said earlier. Not just the game plan. It's the fact that you were undisciplined, unprepared, like just so. I don't know unmotivated almost out there. That's maybe a bigger issue than the fact that he almost that he only ran the ball three damn times. Oh, here's another thing. Zero plays with pre-snap motion. I don't know if that's ever been done in NFL history. Like the, the running thing I thought maybe had never been done. Hasn't been done in two decades. First time the Eagles have ever done it. Zero snaps pre-motion in a league now where like that's a necessity why in do you 1933 think, in philadelphia with the right like the defenses are bigger stronger faster more athletic now like the schemes are ridiculous so you think you're just gonna line up man to man one-on-one every time and just move the ball down the field and score points no what why do you think shanahan and mcveigh and the enemy in kansas city and and all the all these new all these young um you know teams find so much success look at what they're doing and you have zero pre-snap motion now now that that's a pretty big thing but also a pretty a pretty small thing now we spent enough time talking about Nick Sirianni unless there's anything else you want to talk about with the game plan before I I mean we could we could go for days but I (laughs) this guy I mean I want him to be successful I want Jalen Hurts to be successful he didn't before we get into anything else, he didn't put Jalen Hurts in any type of situation to be successful, by the way. No, he didn't. You're not doing your rookie quarterback any favors in that situation. But, yes, we can we can head to the next point. We no, can go all night. And my next point is that rookie quarterback. And you're right. Where Was there maybe some overreaction, you know, quick to pull the trigger after a bad performance? Yeah, sure. Um, but it, it, he's very concerning to me right now. Now, listen. That bad loss doesn't declare him not the guy. Just like a good performance week one versus the Falcons doesn't make him the guy, right? But it's very concerning to me that the questions that football people have, that I saw and have, and that a lot of Eagles fans have had, keep coming up. The question marks of him as a thrower, as a passer, when he was in college, when he was pre going through his pre-draft stuff, when he was drafted here, right? All the mechanical questions, the arm strength, the 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 accuracy, the footwork, everything like that, right? Not being a one-read quarterback, leaving the pocket too early. Scott, they're being put on full display still. Now, I'm not saying only his seventh yeah. team in means that that's just who he is going forward. Yeah. However, it's very worrying to me that the footwork's still off, that he's telegraphing passes, that he's just locking into one receiver and following him with his eyes the entire time, that his arm doesn't look that strong, guys. Now, we I try, we tried to talk about timing after week two on the deep balls. Well, it's kind of hard to talk about that. And then the next week, on the third throw of the game, you underthrow a ball by a country mile for an interception when you when you were moving down the field in two plays. You know what my issue is, Scott? He threw the ball in the one spot he couldn't put it. You could have 
led them to the ball to catch. You could have overthrown them to the back of the end zone. You could have thrown it to the pylon and put it out of bounds. I don't believe there was safety help coming or anybody over the middle, so you could have thrown it a little deep into the middle of the field in completion. The one spot you couldn't put it was underthrown, and it's exactly what you did. Now, the Jalen Rager make an attempt to come back to the ball and play play D-back a little bit? No, he didn't. But guess what? That's not Jalen Rager's damn job. He's not Alshon Jeffrey. No. <laughs> okay? So instead of deflecting blame off the quarterback and trying to put it on Jalen Rager, well, why didn't he come and, and play defensive back and, and stop the receiver from catching it? How about you make the throw, Jalen, like the other Jalen, right? So <laughs> that, that's my biggest concern, right? I'm not saying he's not the guy. But if my question to people is for everyone that, you know, argued with me at the end of last season because they already anointed him the franchise quarterback and his work ethic and his and his leadership ability and people he's people follow this guy, right? That stuff is extra. What comes first is your performance on the field. I don't give a damn about the leadership and about the work ethic if he's not producing at an NFL level playing quarterback. And right now he's not. So my question to people is aside from the characteristic stuff, what has he done to make you believe he's the guy? I'm not saying I don't believe he can be the guy, but he hasn't shown me a damn thing to say he's the guy. And you guys are in my phone, in my mentions, texting me, calling me when I'm out with people mess like coming at me about my opinions of him after he beat the Atlanta Falcons. Where are you guys at now? Yeah. And uh, just funny, funny comment came in. George, George, you know our buddy George. Yeah. Um, he'll say it for you, Dylan. He's not the guy. And and George is standing firm on his point. And I understand where he's coming from. He He's calling him the Tyrod Taylor 2.0. And, you know, you, <laughs> I'm hoping not. Because, you know, I do I, – I get why everybody – you know, the leadership and the off-the-field stuff, that's great. And that's that's part of what you want, right, in any athlete, right? But he has to do the stuff on the field, and that's what matters. Right. At the end of the day, you can be the best leader in the world, Tim Tebow, and you won't make it well, in the NFL. We haven't found a happy medium, right? Like, okay, obviously leaving 2020 out of it because his play on the field was awful. But pre-2020, the not the thing with Carson Wentz was great on the field, personality-wise, maybe in the locker room, he's not a great leader, blah, 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 right? And you're still kind of hearing some things about that in Indianapolis. So yeah. we got the field part pre-2020. We don't got the leader part, let's say. We don't know what's true and what's not, but yeah. that that's, that's the word, right? Yeah. Now, we got the leader part down, and we're not seeing the production on the field. Now, you're right. Nick Sirianni has not put him in the best position yet. Yeah. Especially in week three. That's that's the more recent memory, right? Did not put him in the best position right now. And Phil said something on, on Eagles aftermath after the game of when he saw his body language and looked at his eyes late in the game, he was just kind of scared. No, that's true, and that's not a good sign. However, let me ask you, if you're Jalen Hurts, and before that play call even gets into your helmet, into that headset, you know it. You're dropping back to throw the ball, like pass, 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 and you're struggling. H- how would you feel? How would you look? So I'm trying to cut the kid some slack, but I'm telling you now, I'm not saying he has to beat the Chiefs. It's not happening. But he's got to show up versus the Chiefs offensively, 
And we're not going to talk about that tonight. That's that's Sunday's conversation. But him and Nick Sirianni damn sure better show up on, on Sunday. And my last point, and I'll let you finish up with Jalen Hurts and this, is just my overall takeaway from the game is this, Scott. Obviously, it's it's a little more disheartening and, and embarrassing because it is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. It was Dallas week. It was Monday Night Football, and you got embarrassed like that. So that, that the loss itself hurts more than most. But before the year started, we didn't pick them to win the division. We don't. We didn't ha- have high expectations. Growing pains, learning year. It's not about the wins and losses. It's how you get to those wins and losses, right, George? My issue is they are going down a downward slope right now, a downward trajectory. It's like you started at the top of the mountain week one, you know, blowout win, took care of business. Everyone looked great. No complaints. Week two started pretty good. Didn't adjust. Couldn't move the ball. Got held to 11 points, but the defense looked really good. You hung in there. You shot yourselves in the foot. So a little bit worse than week one. And now week three, it's like you fell flat on your face. Yeah. And that's my issue. Instead of seeing progression and growth and improvement from week to week, we're seeing the polar opposite from the two guys we're evaluating in Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. They're getting worse as the weeks go on. It's early as hell. I'm not saying it won't turn around. But right now, what we can evaluate is that they're going on a downward trajectory right now. And that's not. I can't accept that. When it comes to how they're getting to wins and losses, I can't accept undisciplined lead league lead leaguing penalties. I can't accept that as part of the as part of this year. I I won't accept it. Yeah, no, you you are spot on, and uh, you know, just to kind of feed off of your Jalen Hurts, you know, you mentioned the underthrowing of that that first interception, um, and. Just the the stress that Jalen Hurts was under. You know, Phil mentioned that he looked scared in his eyes. You know, he is a a rookie quarterback, you know, if you want to call him that. Um, Like you said, that's not only stressing him physically, like if he's having to get out on the run every time, if he's worried about a defensive lineman coming down on his back or on his legs every time. It is mentally exhausting to have that much of the offense rely on you. It is mentally exhausting for a quarterback that is not that experienced in the NFL to have that much on his shoulders. Nick Sirianni was putting the weight of like a, a Patrick Mahomes on Jalen Hurts. And he's not that guy. He's never going to be that guy. <laughs> like, we'll get that straight right now. He's <laughs> never going to be anything close to that guy. But the the thing for me, you know, you mentioned the concerns with the, the throwing power. And mind you, I'm – I'm thinking about guys like Michael Vick who, you know, fuck, fuck the footwork. It, this man flicks the wrist and it, and it goes 60, 70 yards. Like, I, I, that, that is what it is. He's probably never going to be that guy that can just flick his wrist and, and toss it down the field, whatever. You look across the middle of the field, Goddard's running wide, wide open. Did you see the Devontae Smith screenshots this morning? someone put out about four different shots of Devontae Smith with big separation. And it honestly made me feel a little bad about my comments on Tuesday's show about, you know, are these wide receivers, you know, not getting separation? Well, maybe he's just missing them because he's locked in on one read. Again, issue. Yeah. And and I told you what I saw in week two. There was guys seeing down the middle of the field, wide open against San Francisco, missing them. 
Yes, and Adam Adam hits it right here. McNabb could throw two. So we we have experience. You know, these guys aren't the, the the best quarterbacks in the world. We have seen guys that can throw the football. Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts has not made a throw that is even comparable to Carson no. Wentz's no. best throws. He has My, not made one of those signature throws. I don't know if it's – it's not just distance, though, Scott. It's, it's Gant, not. Gant brought up a good point. It's it. He throws – yeah, he throws like he's got a noodle attached to his arm. <laughs> like, it's – nothing is put in there. Not Nothing's – I don't know. Gint's saying it now. Um – yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to declare it because I I don't I don't want that to be the case. But I'll, I'll tell you right. I'll tell you. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Right now, you. it's not good. Right now. Yeah. In, in the back of my mind, I I feel that I feel what Gin is saying. I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to say it because I do want to support Jalen Hurts. I am an Eagles fan before I'm a sports analyst. Before I'm anything. I'm going to support Jalen Hurts this season. I want him to be successful, but there are major concerns. And and you mentioned it, the noodle in the arm, the zip, and, and there's just none of that. And, and you see these throws that are supposed to go through tight windows. They're not going through tight no. windows. No, they're not. And he's missing open guys. That Goddard throw, dude, listen, please, please stop it with, oh, the God- Goddard should have caught it. Maybe, maybe. He should have, but that's his fault. But – he didn't have anyone within 20 yards of him. And he had about 25 more yards of green, open green grass to get to. And you made him, you made it to where he maybe should have caught it. You, you, he, his outstretched arms, it hit his fingertips. So let's, you know, Goddard's a huge getting? guy, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got a little sidetracked. I'm on a different laptop right now because I'm no, having no. You're fine. Position. I'm just saying Goddard is a huge guy for you to be missing him by his fingertips. Like he yeah. is a huge human being at the tight end position. Well, it's just a, it's a bad throw. My thing, my thing. You know, and it's like we're we're having this thing again where there's like protectors and then guys on. It's like we have to split, right? We can't right. just be objectively criticizing. So on the second interception. That's all of a sudden Devontae Smith's fault. In what world? Even if he's yeah, exactly. should he have fallen? No. But either way, either way, it's a pick or a pick six, regardless if he stays on his feet or not. Regardless. Yeah, and, and right here, he's a second round pick for a reason. He's a second round pick for I'm not agreeing with the Tyrese Maxey thing. Tyrese Maxey. Oh, I just saw that. I'm not agreeing with that, but we're not even going towards the Sixers. But um, Jalen Hurts, man, I, I'm rooting for him, but the concerns are there. They've been there, and and you just hope that they improve week to week. Um, this is my last point on it. They – like the San Fran game was a good defense, right? So you let the 11, 11 points slide. Bad, bad game, really good defense. They played out of their minds. This we're talking about a Cowboys defense. Now, maybe it is that much improved. Maybe Dan Quinn has made a difference. Maybe Mika Parsons. May, maybe, you know, may, maybe the corner is that good, right? They lead the league in turnovers right now. But we're talking about a Cowboys defense that we as Eagles fans and people nationally mock 
and make fun of. And the reason they're not going to be contenders or, or the reason they might not win this bad division is because their defense is that bad. You made that defense look like a solid unit. That's my issue. If you can't show up versus them, now we got Kansas City, who while you're not going to beat them most likely, you should be able to move the ball and put up points. You struggle against Kansas City, now we really got a problem because you can't move the ball and score points against lower-level defenses in this league. So that was doing it against that defense wasn't wasn't good. And George, George is in the comments say the Cowboys' defense hasn't improved that much. The offense was simply putrid. And, you know, the last thing I'll say, I know we're, we're ending this segment. It's never quick with the Eagles, especially after a loss like that. No. Um, Jalen Hurts, once the offense started running and you started seeing those short throws in the second half, the offense was successful. The, the throws were on target because they were shorter. And for me, that's, that's also not a good sign when you have to simplify it to the point where He's tossing the ball about, you know, five yards ahead of him to Zach Ertz, and that's the biggest play of the game for the Eagles offense. That's that's not a good sign for me. I'll let it at that. I'm hoping for something impressive going into the Chiefs game. Obviously, we're not expecting a W. We just want yeah. to see some type of upgrade, some type of development, some type of growth yeah, in exactly. the discipline, in the game. And, and be, just be Lerner. a little bit competitive and fun. That's all we asked for before the season started. And in the last – well, at least last week, you weren't. The week before, I guess you were competitive, but you get my point. The last yeah. thing, and this is you brought up the fan base earlier. Why Why do we have to divide, right? Why can't we just analyze it and talk about it, right? I get there's different sides of the argument, but you know what happens now, right? Now we critique and we criticize off of what we see, and the, I don't know, the enablers or the believers or whatever you want to call them or – the people that think we're hating because we're saying he didn't play good and doesn't look good right now, he'll go out, he'll beat up on the, he'll he'll look good against the Chiefs. God, obviously, I want them to win the game, but God help me if they actually do pull out a win. Because as excited as I'll be, those idiots that I argue back and forth with are going to come. Oh, you see, you see. Oh, okay. Should have never doubted him. Yeah, like it's it's a game to game thing. Right now, he's not playing good. Bottom line, but you're right. It was never going to be quick and and easy to talk about this loss. Thirty five plus minutes in, here we are. <laughs> um, I don't feel any better. I I don't um, either. I, yeah, I, I, I think Sayamalu's done for the year. Kayvon Wallace is out for a few weeks. Jordan Mailata's right. still not practicing. Rodney McLeod has practiced all week though. Full participant today. Hopefully, hopefully he's a, he's a go on Sunday. Even Davion Taylor at this point, like we need we need linebacker help. I'm not saying he's the answer, but at least give us another body, and, another try. And here's something we're going to talk about more on Sunday. But all the accountability that it's on me from Sirianni and Hurts, all the I got to be better. Something that we liked hearing from Sirianni after the Niners loss. That means nothing to me if you don't clean those things up and perform better the next week. I would have rather him come out in the in the post-game press conference not saying I need to be better, like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have rather him come out in the post-game uh, press conference and say, I don't even know how I only ran the ball three times. Yeah. I, that should have never happened. That's what I would have liked to hear. Like, I maybe that's something that coaches – maybe coaches can't be that transparent. I'm not sure. But that's what I would have liked to hear. I don't know how I didn't get the ball into Miles Sanders' hands more than I did. 
that's simple to me. But like you said, none of it matters until you do it on the field. If you come out here against Kansas City and you try to go mano a mano with Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, like Patrick Mahomes, like if you come out here and try to go mano a mano with that Chiefs offense, when it is so obvious that you need to run the ball, control time of possession, keep your the defense Chiefs couldn't stop you right now running the ball, Scotty. So if he doesn't <laughs> run the dang ball on Sunday. I'm I'm going to rip my hair out. I'm I'm yeah, going. To. I, I feel you. I feel. You. I was going to rip it out against the Cowboys because we said the same damn thing. Run the ball. Control time of possession. Keep the ball out of Dak's hands. What happened? The Cowboys did it. <laughs> they did it right. Like, yeah. I I don't know. We got to hope for the best going forward. Let's move on to the rest of Week Three <laughs> and kind of kind of recap here. Um, as we do every week, we'll do a surprise and a disappointment from week three. Obviously, we could go to the Eagles on disappointment at the last two weeks, right? But um, I'll go first with my surprise, and it kind of feeds into tonight's pregame show. Um, my surprise was the Bengals over the Steelers. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the, there's no world where the Bengals beat the Steelers this year, that the Steelers are this almighty team in the AFC North. Nothing like that, but the way they beat them. They, they really simplified their game. Joe Burrow had an excellent game. Uh, Joe Mixon was very steady. Jamar Chase is doing his thing right now. Um, they got an awesome connection going on. Continued right from LSU there. Um, but Bengals come out, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-10. to 10. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger looks terrible. And the Bengals' defense looks all right. They look solid, right? And you're looking at that division. Obviously, it's the Browns, but where do the Bengals fall in that division with the Ravens so beat up? Joe Burrow's looking yeah. healthy. We'll we'll get into more of the Bengals tonight, but Joe Burrow's looking healthy. I love Joey B. Love dude. me some Joey Burrow. By <laughs> the way, this is very off topic, but if getting, if you're still watching, remember that Lamar Jackson conversation we had a couple weeks ago, and I included Derek Carr in the list of quarterbacks better than Lamar Jackson. And I was laughed at. I want a written apology because Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders lead the league in passing and among other statistics and are undefeated right now. And Lamar Jackson is barely beating the Detroit Lions. Okay, so I want a written apology for that. My surprise, though, is speaking of these Kansas City Chiefs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers taking it to Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. Ballsy call late in the game to to, to uh, seal the deal. Turn the Chiefs over four times. Mahomes throws two interceptions. They Hill and, and Edwards-Alaire fumble. Edwards-Alaire fumbles for the second straight week. Herbert tosses four tutties. And they hold the Chiefs to 24. They are... They're good, man. They are really good. They are, they like are the a disciplined game away from being 3 and 0 because they were just they were very undisciplined against the Cowboys. They lost that game by a last second field goal. How many touchdowns did they score that were called back or had yeah. plays called back because of penalties? They're that away from being 3 and 0. Their defense looks really good. Derwin James is healthy. I think he got banged up in the game, but he came back in. Um they they look really good and what here what's crazy to me is that you know, after week 1 I'd said to you the thing with Mahomes is none of these other quarterbacks and the, the Baker after Baker lost to him, it was 
none of these AFC quarterbacks have beaten him in a meaningful game yet. Deshaun came close before, but that was it. Lamar just did it, and now Herbert just did it. Yeah. The Chargers are good, dude. What's going on? And, uh, you know, it's funny you you bring up that game because, Chiefs, that's my disappointment of the week. Um, you mentioned it. Obviously, the Chargers are a pretty good team. They're uh, The Chiefs are at the bottom of the AFC West right now, which is insane. Um, but they got a great division going on out there with the Raiders. I, I, the Raiders are 3-0, and I believe. Um, the yeah. Broncos, I'm not Broncos. exactly sure what the Broncos are, but they, they are, they are one three, or three and oh, I believe, aren't they? Yeah. They and might then be the, two and oh, but I think they're three and oh, I mean, and two then and the one, Chargers are two and one. So the chiefs are sitting at one and two. Um, but you know, you're looking at the chief, you, you can't drop games against your division opponents, especially the way that they're doing it. Their defense looks ridiculously bad. And then you, on top of it, you have your key players on offense turning the ball over consistently. They're at the top of the league in turnovers right now. And, and that's that's not a good look. Um, so, you know, part of that, obviously, we're, we're what? We're just waiting for them to bounce back. This is the perfect week for them to bounce back um, against a, an Eagles team that looked lost on Monday. But, man, the, the Chiefs have been disappointing so far. Um, just the, the mental mistakes, right? Even against Cleveland, they could easily be 0-3 right now. Let's let's be honest. The Cleveland Browns had control of that entire game in week one. They should have won that game. Yeah. What are we saying if the Chiefs are 0-3 right now? I know. That, I that's what we're to think about. I, I just think it shows that they're vulnerable. Like, they are beatable. Um, yeah. About to be 1-3. I mean... <laughs> By Sunday, we will have that. I, I I know I can speak for myself. In my head, I'll be thinking there is a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. That happens to me every Sunday, every Monday, whatever the case if may he be. Just runs the ball, right? If he just runs the ball, we have a chance. <laughs> Keep it out of Mahomes' hands, like yeah. But no, I, I expect you know the Chiefs to bounce back eventually, but definitely not a not a great start for for a team that is supposed to be an, a Super Bowl contender here, yeah. and they're falling behind in their division, and that's not a. It's not a good look either, but um, just to touch on your one uh, thing with the Chargers and the discipline thing, it's just a funny thing that I I thought about here because the whole game against the Cowboys, I'm sitting here watching the Cowboys taunt right in the Eagles players' faces. I mean, I I remember specifically Trayvon Diggs running into Jalen Hurts' face after he makes a pass deflection down there. We're in, you know, our own side of the field there. And he's out here making cutthroat, you know, yeah. signature moves. Well, that's he's out here rubbing the spoon. What are the taunt? What is taunting? I, I need to know. Does it only apply to teams that are playing Dallas? So here's the answer. I don't know. We don't know. And the refs don't know. They don't know <laughs> what's what. They just call. I watched a play. And it's a ridiculous penalty. It is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they should call that. But they shouldn't call it at all. Well, exactly. Like, what is taunting then? Because a, it shouldn't be a thing. Because then you're you're taking the fun out of the game, yeah. right? You're you're taking the the kid like like what whatever you want to call it. You're taking that out of the game. Um, but here's my thing: what do we complain about NBA refs a ton? We complain about MLB umpires a ton. NFL refs are getting up there now too, and it's like the Cowboys game. It's not. It's not a taunt. It's not a taunting play. 
But the one third down throw when we were still kind of in the game, I think it was a 13-point game at that point. I think it was to to Wilson. He, I don't even know if he got his first five toes in. He barely got his first foot in, and he was out of bounds by a mile after that. And the side judge, who's literally He's right there. two feet away from the play, watching the play happen, calls it a catch. What are we doing here, guys? What, and we have what, to use our challenge. If, if Nick Sirianni does, if the Eagles don't throw that red flag in time because Dallas is trying to hurry up and get the playoff, what, I get there's close calls and challenges coming. Like, can you get the flag out in time? This is like, my God, what are you watching? That that, And then the, the other arm comes up and they talk about it and they still call it a catch. What are we doing here, guys? And my thing, my my biggest thing about it is then you have the ref, you know, come on the broadcast and say, yeah, the 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 line judge needs to be out ahead of the play. He was. Yeah. He was looking right at it. Oh, don't even get me started about that, dude. You oh had the God. ref on ESPN come on on the goal line stop and say, well, it feels like a touchdown. It feels oh. like a touchdown in my stomach. You want a you want a cookie for that? But I didn't know it. if it feels like a touchdown. It is, and not one of the broadcasters talked about his forward momentum being stopped. D- Dak was sitting there for forty five minutes before he picked the ball up and stretched it across the goal line, and none of them talked about it. No, but whatever. We're, I'm not gonna. And the last thing I know, you got to give your disappointment there. If, if you're going to call the taunting, why are the defensive players allowed to do, like, full team, like, dance? It's like, yeah, that, that, I'll leave it at that. Like, and the Eagles do it, too. Don't get me wrong. It, it's amazing to me. They, just so much inconsistency between the rules. It, it makes zero sense. No, it makes no sense. But my disappointment for Sunday, it's funny. It's going to go off of your surprise. And it's not necessarily – I mean, it is the Steelers because even though they were like the worst 11-0 team in NFL history last year um, and they lost in the first round to the Browns, and I don't think they're very good anyway, um, I expected them to be better than this. And then they beat the Bills week one. Yeah. It's not necessarily the Steelers. It's a guy who I've grown up watching play the quarterback position. And I would just like to take a moment to, to say to him that he – it's time to hang it up, Ben. Um, mid-season, maybe just just to, just to stop the pain. Just the the what's Ben a two time a two time Super Bowl champion. Keep the good memories in people's minds. Don't. Did you see some of the videos and clips from that game, Scott? Did you see him rolling like running away and just like <laughs> flipping the ball and then falling flat on his face for no reason in slow motion? Scott, I I don't know what he's doing. I. He's 38 completions, over 300 yards, two sit, two picks, four sacks. Did he fumble? I don't even know if he if he fumbled. No, he didn't fumble in the game. He looks awful, and it's like you need to get out before it's too late. Yeah, and you, and you stuck around a wee bit too long, yeah. and Slim Ben <laughs> isn't working. Um, if anything, it's, it's still, making it's them. Still, it's, it's, it's making them slower. I, I don't know. So it's not just the Steelers are disappointing so far this year. Um, you, you lose to the Bengals twenty-four to ten at home. Like it, they're embarrassing, but he he needs to hang it up. <laughs> big Big Ben Roethlisberger is is my disappointment. Simply is my disappointment put. for week three. Simply put, and one thing I just wanted to add into that game somehow 
Najee Harris had 14 receptions for over oh, no. 100. <laughs> uh, just real, real, for a damn running. I mean, whatever. Real quick, we got a few more things to get through on today's show. Um, and we will be touching on tonight's Jaguars Bengals uh, game for all you Jags fans and Bengals fans out there that we know. Um, Who day? <laughs> these Thursday games got to get better, man. But uh, just a little pig, pigskin picks review. Uh, obviously, we didn't have our Sunday show, so I, I tweeted them out from the account. Now, listen, if 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 you feel or if the people feel like I, I cheated the system a bit, I, I'll happily take off my, my lot, my upset for the week. But they were one point, a one point dog, and, and it's the champ. So I, Scotty was one and one on the week. He had the Dolphins as an upset, almost freaking pulled it they off, by the way, without Tua. And he had the Cardinals at his lock going one and one. I had, I went two and zero, oh, almost lost my lock if Justin Tucker doesn't make history. Yeah. Also, speaking of refs, yeah, there was a, about a five second delay a game on, on in that yeah, Ravens call that, in that drive. And my upset was the Rams. So I was two and zero. Oh. Um, I feel kind of like seeing the result of the game. I feel like I sl- like I like uh, I slighted you because I I took because I did pick that as an upset, and it's like was it an upset? I uh, I don't know. I'll let the people. I'll let you decide. I'll let the people decide. Hey, we don't we don't make the odds. That that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And you know the fact that the LA Rams literally obliterated the Buccaneers. Um, I, I got to give you some credit for that alone so I, i'm cool with it and i may need to go back down that road myself at some point down the season just to catch up but um, Scott, no, this I'm, sunday I'm, scotty's going to give a lock and then he's going to be like chiefs lock i mean <laughs> upset, upset i mean <laughs> no, i'm just kidding but uh some updated stand uh, so our updated rankings right i have them here on thursday nights we are both three and oh um and then overall including thursday nights on the year i'm eight and one and Scotty seven and two, so we are neck and neck heading into tonight's game. This one I'm gonna be s- tonight. Yeah, I'm going to say we probably are predicting the same here, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah, before, before we get to tonight's matchup, we do I do want to update our top five power rankings. Um, I, I'll just start it off right here at number one. I do have the team that I picked uh, to go to the Super Bowl, the team that I picked to upset the Bucks this year. Uh, last week, it is the LA Rams. They they look damn near unbeatable. Yeah. People talked about the Bucks going undefeated. Now I know that's that that division, the Rams aren't going to go undefeated. Right. But they from top to bottom on that roster, both sides of the ball, coaching, everything, they look amazing. We we know what the defense is with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But what is what we talked about all season long, and we weren't the only people. It's not I'm not like we were breaking news with a hot yeah. take, here, but we loved. I know I loved that Matt Stafford fit in LA with McVay, yeah. and my God, it's on full display it's through beautiful. three weeks. Deshaun Jackson's flashing back to to, to 2013. That's what happens I mean, when he's not wide receiver one. Squad, right, like yeah, he's not I mean, that, that's him. true. That is true. I mean, Cooper Cup is putting up numbers right now. Higby's getting involved, and they don't even have Cam Akers for the year, or they didn't have Daryl Henderson last yeah. week. Um, they look awesome. McVeigh and, and and Stafford are are locked in together. Um, you have to imagine they and, are, and Robert they Woods hasn't going. even gotten going yet. He hasn't. And you have to imagine Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are just ecstatic. Like 
Sean McVay doesn't have to deal with Jared Goff anymore. And Stafford's not in Detroit. Doesn't have to deal with the Cubs anymore. Right. The Cubs. Yeah, there you go, the Cubs. <laughs> there we go. I got it going. Yeah. But go ahead, man. Who you got number one on your list? Oh, I'm with you. L.A. Rams all the way, all the way. And I, th- I think I had them number one last week, I'm pretty sure. Um, they, they are looking solid all over the field. They were able to go out there with the, their defense – and basically shut down a Tampa Bay offense. I know Tampa Bay got going a little bit uh, down the stretch, but Tampa Bay's a pretty good offense with Tom Brady and all those yeah. weapons. The Rams looked fantastic. We're going to get to see them up against another strong test this weekend against the Arizona Cardinals. But for right now, L.A. Rams, my number one team right there. All right, at number two, I got the Bucks. Um, they were my number one heading into last week. They were the champs. They were the top dog. <laughs> you, you are top dog until you get knocked off. They got knocked off last week, but I'm not going to drop them anywhere below two. Um, they, I, I think that might have been your preview of the NFC Championship game. Um, yeah. I hope for a better overall game, but yeah. that is that. That's my number two, and you have them as well. Um, I have them as the number two squad pushing. there as well. Um, the, the NFC, I mean, the NFC is looking pretty loaded right now at the top. Um, but you know, I, I do agree with you all the way NFC championship matchup. It, it just looks, it looks like it's supposed to happen. Obviously yeah. we'll see how the seating plays out, but, um, Tom Brady always plays better in the playoffs as well. So <laughs> it'll be a better game, but yeah, we can leave it at that. Yeah. I got Tampa Bay number two as well. All right. Just to get through this a little quicker. Uh, I got the Buffalo bills at three. Um, they did climb up my rankings after getting, you know, just games like that happen. I feel like early in the year they got caught off guard. They played poorly against the Steelers, and they're just putting up points now. J- Josh Allen has Josh Allen has thrown nine touchdowns in the last two weeks or eight touchdowns in the last two weeks. He is unreal right now, yeah. um, and they that they, they are my favorite in the AFC. Um, and with the Chiefs looking how they're looking right now, obviously very early. Um, but I got the Bills at three. It's funny. It's it's actually funny because after the first two weeks, they struggled a little bit in week two as well. Josh Allen didn't look great. Yeah. People started questioning Josh Allen, right? Like questioning, you know, people call Eagles fans irrational, but people <laughs> are questioning Josh Allen after two weeks of just, you know, average play, right? Um, comes out, lights up Washington football team, who everybody thought coming into this year had a great defense, had an awesome front, you know, one of the top five front sevens in the league. And the Bills just came out and blew their doors off. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have the Bills at number three. I do have the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to NFC heavy right now with my top three. But um, I'm, I'm loving what Kyler Murray's doing. It seems like he has unlimited weapons out there in Arizona. I mean, you're talking about A.J. Green that just went off in this last game. You still got DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk down the line, and we're not even talking about the dual threat ability of Kyler Murray, who's playing at an MVP level right up there. I think Matthew Stafford right now is the MVP. You'd be at the top of my rankings right now. And then Kyler Murray's right there, man, right there. And their defense looks pretty solid as well. Um, this is going to be a big test, right? This weekend, you got 3-0 and oh, LA yeah. versus 3-0 and Arizona Cardinals. Um, I believe Kyler Murray has never beat the LA Rams. Can he get that first dub against the LA Rams? Can he give them their first loss? 
it's going to be a huge matchup this weekend, but they're both in my top three power rankings right now. That's funny, man. They are number four on my list. Uh, they struggled a, a bit against Minnesota. Uh, they struggled in the first half against ja- the Jags. Yeah. So they definitely do have some concerns. Um, yeah. But Kyler's, Kyler's numbers are in MVP form right now. Their defense outside of the Minnesota game has been really good this year. Yeah. Um, they're getting after the quarterback. And, I mean, no com- no complaints with them, dude. They got weapons all across the board yeah. between T-Hop and A.J. Green and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. They are a they are a solid bunch on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Like you said, they got some playmakers up front. They got they got Buda Baker in the back. Yeah. Um, they are and they have Patrick. Pe- no, they don't have. I'm sorry. No, he, he went to Minnesota. Before. Yeah, he but. was there before. But um, so yeah, the Cardinals are my four. Uh, who you got? Um, so four. I actually got the Cleveland Browns. Um, okay. and their front seven. Unluckily, you know, my, my girlfriend's mom is a huge Bears fan, Chicago Bears, so I had to sit through that miserable game. Um, but, I mean, they just – their defensive line, Miles Garrett obliterated that Chicago Bears offense, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I <laughs> I can't even remember, you know, passes that he completed. They were so far few and in between. Um, but that that front seven just dismantled the Chicago Bears. Part of that Matt Nagy as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of Matt Nagy at all. I think he should probably be fired. Um, The Cleveland Browns, man, the defense really showed up in that game, and they're always going to bring that steady running attack. Kareem Hunt, it was his game against Chicago. He he went the hell off. OBJ's back. He looked – I know you may not have seen him play. He was making sense. His numbers didn't jump out of the box score. I think he had like five catches, 60 yards, something, something of that nature. The catches that he was making, tapping the toes on the sidelines in the corner, you know, it, it, he, he looks very healthy. He looks very good. And I'm only expecting him to pick up speed as he comes back from that injury. But you just talk about adding another weapon to that offense. It already has a crazy ground and pound uh, going there with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was catching passes out of the backfield. Nick Chubb didn't even really go off in that game. They didn't really need it. Um, Baker Mayfield wasn't forced to do too much in that game, and uh, their defense actually controlled the whole thing. Um, JOK, the the rookie linebacker, man, he's really impressing. You know, a lot of Eagles fans are talking about him and Asante Samuel Jr. right now, who the Eagles passed up for Landon Dickerson, which we'll see with Landon Dickerson. Obviously, we need him right now, so I, I can't say much about it right now. But, um, yeah, the Browns are looking good, man. That's my number four. I don't got much to add. That's my number five. <laughs> so, right now, you have all of my five, and we'll see who you go with five and see if we have the same uh, power rankings. Um, interesting enough, man. I, I struggled with this one because I just didn't – feel comfortable pushing Kansas City out of my top five despite what's going on. Yeah. Um, I went ahead and did it anyways. I went with my gut. Um, I went Buffalo Bills here. Wow. Um, I'm right there with you. Five power rankings. <laughs> we don't have to go too much into it. I, I already uh, said my part on the Bills earlier when you when you addressed yeah. them. But uh, they're my number five right now. The reason I put them over Kansas City, their defense is better. That It's as simple as that for me. Josh Allen is playing at a, an elite status. Um, to the point where I'm not able to put Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense over theirs. I can't do that right now, the way the Chiefs are turning the ball over. Um, so Buffalo Bills round out my top five there. 
Yeah, man. Same here. So in, in different orders, um, the turf talk top five power rankings. Right. Uh, we, we'll put out a, we'll put out a tweet uh, after the show. Uh, Rams, Bucks, Bills, Cardinals, Browns. That's my order. Scotty's got a little bit flipped uh, three through five, but all yeah. in all, very similar. And guys, I promise we don't share. We know throughout preparation, we come on here and we we give our honest take. Some honorable mentions I have: uh, the Packers have turned things up. Packers since were good. Week one beatdown. Rogers looks rejuvenated. Um, you know, we questioned his want to play after Week One's performance, and you saw his reaction on, on Sunday night against the Niners. He's back. That uh, throw Rogers, as I said earlier, which said. That throw in the corner of the end zone to Valdez Scanling, oh my god! It, it just makes you look. That that was like one of my things when I'm watching the Eagles and Cowboys. I'm like, these motherfuckers can't do that. Like, I'm not settling until I get that. Like, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, yeah. the dude, he's he's one of the goats, and um, wow. it's a pleasure to watch him week in and week out. I got the Chargers in my honorable mentions, uh, like and, and I didn't, you know, we didn't prepare honorable mentions. I was just like, oh, there's like a couple teams I could put in here. They're looking yeah. really good. They knock out the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs are probably in those mentions as well because they are still the Chiefs. What about the Raiders? Yep, they are. They are last on my list for honorable mention. They are. They look really good. They have beaten, you know, the Steelers, oh, the Ravens. Yeah. Now they ditched. They, you know, they they ended up allowing Miami to come back with a backup quarterback and and take them to overtime but they they ultimately won the game um, so so those are my honorable mentions all right one last new segment we added to the show today we're doing that tonight correct um i don't know it's kind of a time crunch we, we might want yeah. to jump to the to the we'll preview. leave it to sunday we'll leave it to sunday Hopefully so we're, we're gonna start doing a little here you go people rookie check-ins every three four weeks scotty and i are going to check in on the on the rookie draft class this year and just give our you know our, a hand few uh a hand selected few um that we think are playing really well um but we'll get to that sunday because you are correct it's after eight and this yeah. game gotta get, the, so. gotta get the preview of the biggest yeah. matchup of the year in right. so so let's get to the Jags Bengals matchup uh, again. Not another game that pops out at you, uh, but there are some things you can look at today. Um, obviously, I, I love Joe Barrow. Yeah. I like the weapons that the Bengals have. Obviously, you have the storyline of Trevor Lawrence, my man. Listen, I know rookie QBs have been known to throw the ball. Hell, I watched Peyton. I didn't watch Peyton Manning do it, but we all know what one of the greatest to ever do it did his rookie year as far as turning the football over. Yeah, Trevor. My guy, protect the ball a bit. Two plus interceptions in his first three games. Protect the ball, Trevor. And if you're if you're the Jags, where the hell has James Robinson been? I know he finally reached the end zone last week, but where has he been? You, I'm not going to lie. They're, they are not a good team. They don't have yeah. a great offensive line. Uh, their defense is not good. But let's not act like their their offense is awful. Now, you, you got James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. I, yeah, Carlos Hyde's in Jacksonville. Yeah. You, you got a DJ Chark. You got a LaVisca Chenault. You, you got a Marvin Jones. So, you know, you're not a highly talented team, but you're not like, I don't know, they're they're probably not like a bottom three roster, right? At least offensively. Yeah, offensively, no. Their, their secondary is beat up right now. They just traded away C.J. Henderson, yeah. which uh, make that make sense. Um, it is a better, right. You know what I mean though? They're, they're sitting here shuffling around their secondary, but let's ship uh, CJ Anderson out. Um, 
it is a better matchup, I would say, than last Thursday. You know, you're looking yeah. at the Texans, and then C- CMC ends up going out early in the I game. Oh my god, dude! I can't have nice things in fantasy football. Now I, I don't have them. I don't have them in DSM's league. But I got him last year with the number one overall pick in a league that I'm in, and he gets hurt in week two, and I, he plays all of like a game and a half for me. Now I got him in my family league this year with the number one overall pick, and he does like a skip and a hop out of bounds, doesn't even get touched, and I'm watching the game, and I see him go like this to call for someone to come in he's, as he's shocking off. I'm like, yo, it's first down. Why is this man asking to come out? Then first down goes by. Then second down goes by. Then third down, and I'm like, okay. And he doesn't come out for the next round. I go, I go on Twitter. I'm like, Jesus, man. But that's last Thursday's matchup. Yeah, this one's a little bit better. I'm obviously interested in watching the it, watching the uh, the quarterback play out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Except I'm mean, three. messed up every single one of my parlays last <laughs> Thursday. I had no interest in watching the game after that. Like, yeah, except I am three and zero in DSM's league. So. <laughs> We'll talk about that after this week. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. But obviously, we got the quarterbacks to pay attention to. Yeah, that's what um, I'm looking at the the QB matchup. Lawrence versus Burrow. You, you're talking about two of the young youngest, you know, elite talents, elite talents coming into the NFL. Um, Trevor Lawrence, while he's struggled a bit, he's thrown the ball a lot, um, but he did come in highly touted. And uh, one of the questions you'll have for Trevor Lawrence, you know, throughout this season is. How does he bounce back from losses and consecutive losses? Um, he never had to deal with that at Clemson. So um, that, that'll that be interesting to see how it plays out. As we mentioned earlier, Joe Burrow's looking healthy. He's got weapons around him. T. Higgins didn't even play last week against the Steelers. He's not playing tonight. Still got Boyd. He's still got uh, Jamar Chase out there. Joe Mixon has looked really good this season so far. Um, and it, it looks like it's all coming together, man. Their defense looks pretty good. Shouldn't be too much of a challenge tonight against the Jags. I'd imagine Trevor Lawrence is going to end up throwing the ball a lot again. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking directly at the quarterback matchup. That's what you're tuning in for. That's where my parlays are based around. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to just see these two. I haven't seen Trevor Lawrence play, you know, in a full game just yet. So I am looking forward to watching it. Um, and then, of course, Joe Burrow. But, Anything else that you want to touch on with well, this team? We, we mentioned the defense. The Bengals looks all right earlier. Um, got to see them against, you know, a real matchup. Yeah. Before well, we so here's the thing. And now that I got to think, and I got some shit. Jeremy, if you're still watching, drop a comment below. <laughs> so I got, speaking of quarterbacks, I do have something to say. Um, that has nothing to do with this segment. But uh, as far as tonight's matchup goes, uh I mean, yeah, I'm watching the quarterback matchup. I, I guess for Cincinnati is more appealing. Obviously, they're the better team. Um, but what I'll say is, can Cincinnati make any noise? I mean, obviously, we know the Browns are in that division. And the Ravens, while struggling early, they did beat the Chiefs. And we know that they still have a good defense, even though they're beat up. And they got Lamar. Um, can the Bengals, you know, after watching them beat up on a division rival in their in their building after watching them beat the Vikings week one. I think Joe Burrow is elite or going on elite. I love everything about his quarterback in that division. Yeah. So, so (laughs) it's a question. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think I'm looking to see if, if Cincinnati, if you can take care of business against a bad Jags team, obviously that doesn't make you a good football team, but it's what you're supposed to do. So I guess I'm just seeing if Cincinnati, 
has something to them this year. They win tonight, they're three and one. I know it's against yeah. the Jags, but they will be three and one after tonight. They do come away with a win. Jeremy, speaking of quarterbacks, though, my man, uh, I know we talked about this on the uh, DSM draft show. Um, Zach Wilson's not good. <laughs> no, Scott, Scotty wasn't there for that. That's why he's a little hesitant to understand what I'm talking about. We had a little back and forth about uh, Zach Wilson on the draft uh, live stream. Not good. So and that's all I really wanted to say. I think that wraps up. You I mean, know, you know that I, I just wanted to throw one more thing in there just about rookie quarterbacks so far. And it's amazing that you know Mac Jones looks like the best rookie quarterback so far this season. But it just shows you what stability looks like with the New England Patriots, what they can do for a rookie quarterback compared to some of these other disorganized franchises. Um, but yeah, Zach Zach Wilson has not looked good. <laughs> Something else crossed my mind over this week. It got me going, hopping on soon. <laughs> no, we we gotta get the hell off this show. We, we're going yeah, we're getting out of here, man. We gotta go catch. Scotty, Scotty texted me earlier today and said, "Ah, oh, shouldn't it be too long of a show? We're going on our on an hour and ten minutes. It's never quick here. Uh, we'll give our predictions and hop on out of here and do some quick yep. plugs. But uh, it's just real. Another quick thought about week three is, listen, you you can't judge the kid who was his first start. He got thrown into the wolves. Browns defense, Nagy, and, and that offensive line in front of them. But could you imagine if Justin Fields ain't it? Like, like, I, he struggled in week three. And, and listen, it's not on him. It's that offensive line. It's Matt Nagy, the Browns D-line. But just just imagine if he's not it. He is like, an Ohio State quarterback. That, that franchise. I got yeah. no answers for you. I got no answers for you if this kid ain't it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, all right, Scott. So predictions, like for Andy Dalton. <laughs> predictions for tonight. I'm trying to go four and zero on Thursday night football. Um, and to do that, I will not be selecting the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with Joe Barrow, uh, the best quarterback in the AFC North, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, man, and that's, that's maybe that's a conversation for a different day, but. You know, Joe Burrow is that guy in the AFC North, and I know Ravens fans will. Pull their hair out. Brilliant, bro. Brilliant. Because guess what, what Ravens fans? Here? Guess what, Ravens fans? I got a long, way longer list than Joe Barrow of quarterbacks better than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I got a much longer list. So we can have that conversation whenever anybody wants to. Um, what you got I, for tonight, man? <laughs> yeah, definitely not today. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that, though. That'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but I think that is going to wrap up tonight's show. Um, win or like, like, what do you mean for tonight's game? The Bengals. Oh, you don't got a score? No, (laughs) no, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I have no idea. I have no idea how this game's gonna go. I think the over set at like 46, and I have no idea. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be like 60 points total or if it's gonna be like 17 total. I don't know. I'll give you. I'll give you 24 Cincinnati, 13 Jacksonville. Okay. 24-13, so 11-point win. Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, anytime touchdown scores for, gotcha. for your prop betting people. Gotcha. So Don't yeah, tell I, me, though. I'm on a, I'm on a cold streak. 
I, I was thinking about getting risky tonight, you know, and, and picking the Jags for their first minute. Hell no, I'm not doing that. I can't risk my record on the season. You know, you, hold on, hold on. you know how you're how you're on a very cold streak, or maybe you're just a bad better at is when your your gambling site keeps throwing you free bets. <laughs> <laughs> Promos. <laughs> Keep betting. <laughs> I got I got another one. I got another one um today. It's just a ten dollar free bet for your jersey for your jersey people uh on points bet. And uh I just threw something crazy together. We'll see. Yeah. It, it's it's what's gonna happen, Jeremy. I'll miss out on one. Something um, now it's the most obvious one. Joe Mixon won't score. He's he's the one that yeah, yeah probably the highest and boy, they'll I'm score. pretty sure Joe Mixon has the uh, the highest odds to score a touchdown. Yeah, uh, sure he, he he won't he won't find the end zone. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> I'm sure the backup will come in and get the ball on a two yard line or something. When that's the only uh, prop that I need to still hit. But anyway, Scott, quick, what, what's your tonight? Real quick, twenty seven seventeen Bengals. I'll leave it at that. I don't really need to explain it. Um, not a signature win, but a prime time win for the Bengals. All right. All right, guys. I think that is going to wrap up tonight's episode. This Thursday edition of Turf Talk. Stay tapped into DSM Media on Twitter at DSM underscore media as we will be right back here on Sunday morning, 10 a.m., getting you guys ready for more of week four and an Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs pregame show. Um, We better bring a laundry list of keys to victory for that one. Um, But as always, DSM Media, Turf Talk, every show on here, the entire network is brought to you by Manscaped. So use our promo code DSM on manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Um, and lastly, last housekeeping thing, oh, DFS, no pun intended, will be live tonight at 9 o'clock. Our first um, well, quadruple header that we had that we had today, uh, starting with the Faithful Fanatic show. I had uh, ESPN's Paul Hembakitis, Hembo, on the show earlier, so go check that out on our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever. Uh, Diamond Talk with our guys Jeremy and George was on at 4.30 today. Obviously, Turf Talk and then DFS, no pun intended, at 9 tonight. Um, and merch. Guys, we, we finally got some merch out. T Public, uh, going to our link tree at DSM underscore media on our Twitter. Um, and you can find our T Public account in there. Our stores, right, uh, comes up. And we got some Turf Talk gear, some DSM media gear, and some Faithful Fanatics gear already uploaded. I believe there's like 10 designs or so so far a couple yep. different options um and, and we will be having more merch added to the store shortly so you want to support dsm you want to support support different shows some hosts go check out our merch go use our promo code dsm on manscaped and that is that scott am i missing anything no no just uh have a good night enjoy the game um and we will see you bright and enjoy early the game morning yeah. I hope all of your parlays hit. All right. I know this is rough to do, but can I get a Go Birds before we get going? Go Birds. Come back. By Sunday, we'll finish. Here's mine. Go Birds. Have a nice night, everybody. (laughs) 